Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. All right, guys, here we are again on another Monday night. Uh, this is a Monday night of a new year, and this is our first podcast of 2023, and we are so excited that you are here. If you can, take a moment just to share this podcast with all your friends on your social media channels. Just hit that share button uh, as well as the like button if you don't mind. Uh, we are going to uh, strive and pray and do everything that we possibly can to become the number one podcast for men's ministry in 2023 and so again thank you so much for joining us um i am the founder of man up god's way as well as the host jody burkeen and i'm excited again to start 2023 um just coming to you uh, every week monday night to to talk to you about life and faith and uh, just the things that go on in men's lives and as well as women's uh, in our families. Uh, so as we grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus over 2023, I hope that you'll join us each Monday night. If you can't join us live uh, the next day on Tuesday, we go straight to Spotify, to iTunes, to Google Play, as well as Amazon, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, all across just about every podcast platform. You can listen to us at any given time. Uh, you can also download our app. Uh, and I'll have Fergoza tell you just a little bit more about that here in just a little bit. But Fergoza, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. <laughs> good. Good seeing you, man. Glad you are yeah. here. Heck yeah. Um, it was, uh, just got back from a long vacation. Uh, it took four weeks, took basically a month off, went home, saw my family, um, spent some time in Colorado with some friends, snowboarding and, and really, um, yeah, really just got away. That's and, awesome. Uh, recharged. I was joking. I was telling you um, when we were off camera before the show started. The last two days of the vacation, I was getting antsy. It was too much. It was too much time. <laughs> I probably should have just made it a three weeker. But um, I started the working two days of the vacation, uh, up in Colorado, and um, yeah, I just got my computer out. Didn't even go up to the mountain. Just worked the last two days, and my buddies were a little peeved about it, but. Uh, it was. I was productive. It was good. When you live on commission, though, it's kind of hard to take three yeah, yourself. Man, it. Uh, I've been. Man, I have been so blessed in the last five years. So I've been in Missouri now five years, mm -hmm. and you know, my we did my story last year. It was one of the first podcasts that we did. Right. I was coming out here, feeling like God was calling me to Missouri and, and taking a big leap of faith. And over those five years, He has been so. Just overwhelmingly. Um, gracious with the amount that he's blessed me. Um, when I left California, I did not have a job. Um, mm. When I left California, I was a full-time musician. Uh, I was doing acting. I was doing modeling. Um, not making a killing, but making enough money to pay my bills. Right. And uh, it was a it was my perfect setup. Five years later, um, I, you know, I still have a job. I have a commission-based yeah. sales job, um, but I took a um, I made four times less money than I made last year. Right. Um, and that was by choice. I took time off. I took time uh, working with you building this thing over yeah. the last year. I took time making some music. I took time um, building up 
uh, a media company that is not quite ready to be announced yet, but um, has been, you know, there's been people working for that thing for a year and a half. Right. And we've been slowly moving in that direction. And man, he's just been so, I, I can't believe that I was able to take four weeks off. Praise God. Yeah. That's you awesome, know? man. By the skin of my teeth. <laughs> I got just enough money to get my butt back home. But, uh, yeah, I've been blessed. This That's is, uh, great. it was a great 2022 uh, and it's going to be a great 23. And yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited about this year. That's awesome. Well, we took off, uh, quite a few, uh, days just for the podcast and, uh, just now getting back to it. So it's, uh, we took off right before Christmas and took two weeks off after New Year's just to, Spent time with family. I did some traveling as well. Um, went to Tennessee to visit, you know, family. Had uh, my mom and um, brothers, uh, you know, around and my dad. And it was good to just to see everybody, my stepmom and all the in-laws and the outlaws. And we had a really good time. So it's good to, to get back. And church has just started off uh, Game Busters and uh, the year starting off good. And we got a new vision for not only man up God's way, but, uh, you know, just life in general, just trying to put a, put a pin in it, you know, and, uh, set some goals and make some, some right decisions this year. So man up is, uh, 10 years old. Actually, we're going into our 11th year. And so it's been a really good, um, we've got a good transition. Uh, this coming Wednesday, I've got, uh, uh, my partner, uh, Tate Jordan, he's going to be on the podcast. We're going to talk about, um, just, you know, what we've got going on, um, this year. We're, we're really promoting and pushing to, we're going to do a, a men's home, a recovery home, and that's going to be a big deal. So we're going to start, we've got the plans already for that. We've got the location already set up. So it's going to be a recovery center for men who, uh, just are in need. And maybe have come out of jail, maybe have been, um, you know, under, in addiction, whatever that looks like, you know, it's going to be a good program that we're going to uh, try to help these guys out. I think we're going to start off with a six bed um, location. And then uh, we've got a conference coming up in March, March 31st in Bourbon, Missouri. So we'll have yes, our um, national conference there. Uh, it's going on uh just a little over a year and four months since our last one, and we're really excited about that. Uh, we'll be launching that this this next week, and um, yeah, things are good, man. Uh, God's okay. God's given us good vision. We got some some great things going on. Trying to um, you and I were just talking about this earlier, but gonna try to to get our tenth anniversary of our book out. Um, you know, man up, becoming a godly man in an ungodly world, and uh, kind of a revised edition. Uh, if you will, that will it's come, pretty amazing. Along with the you were telling there. me some of the numbers. Mm -hmm. um, what is what are the numbers on how many you sold over the last? Um, so over the last ten years, it's been fifty thousand. Yeah, it's a lot. So it's been it's been really good. I've probably you know given away another ten or fifteen thousand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just uh, you know, just getting started. You're always giving books away. You're excited about how it comes out and. You want people to read it and you might be at a conference and a guy will walk up and just say, man, I wish, wish I had the money. You know, I've, I've never been in it for the money. And mm -hmm. so I would just give books away. Well, and, as a, as an author myself, you're not in it. For <laughs> <laughs> you got to write quite a few to right, be in it for the money. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody's written me a million dollar check for it, uh, to work out very well. So, but, uh, God has been faithful with that book it's still in the top 50 of amazon uh men's christian books and god just keeps doing a mighty work in that so 
Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's only ten dollars. If you have Prime, it's free shipping, so you can get it tomorrow, uh, probably depending on where you're located. If you ordered it tonight, um, and uh, it's just an easy read, man. If you're having struggles in your life <clears throat> and just in your faith, and maybe you're lacking discipline, this book is just really kind of a kick in the butt to to get you to start doing what God has called you to do. And you know, first of all, it's just to get to know God. You know, that you understand who he is in and through his word. Um, you know, one of the things that I have written on my Bible is, uh, I don't know if you can see that or not, but it says uh, how I fight my battles uh, on my Bible. And so if you can uh, get to a place where you're doing that uh, daily, learning to just put on the full armor of God and live in the fruit of the spirit, man, you will become a different man uh, and be the man that God has called you to be. So uh, you can get that on Amazon. Heck yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, we got uh, some other good stuff going on. Uh, we're promoting the Jesus Revolution movie. Have you seen yeah, anything about that? I've been watching the uh, the previews for it or the uh, trailer for it. it looks so I've awesome, had the privilege man. to see it. And, oh, oh nice. dude, it's so good. I, I think it's going to be, there hasn't been a movie in the Christian genre uh, quite like The Passion of Christ. Yeah. And I think this is, doesn't have anything like... The Passion of Christ, but I think it's going to be that big. It's uh, it's going to be one of those movies that's going to cause a revival. Uh, it's going to cause us to get to a place to where you know uh, we're seeking Jesus. There's stats on the kids that are looking for Jesus, and I don't even know what well, generation. It's the new, it's, it's the new cool thing to be uh, to be a you know conservative slash um, Christian. Jesus you know, freak, yeah, yeah, Jesus exactly. freak. Because uh, I, I forget who I was talking about. Two comedians were talking about it. Um, they were on the Joe Rogan show talking about it. They said, "Yeah, it's like the cool thing now because in our day, if we wanted to rebel, you know, you got your nose pierced and you got blue hair, right? And you get well, you can't do that now because everybody's got everybody's blue hair. Got, yeah, everybody's got their nose pierced. Everybody's got tattoos. Um, I had a buddy joke with me today. Say, hey man, um, I do some." some uh fit modeling stuff that's not where your face is in it it's where right. like you're you know hey shirts fit you normally so we're gonna try our product out well i got a buddy who has me do some stuff for him and uh he jokingly was like hey man we need to get you some tats on your legs for some of these pictures because you know it looks like you're too clean cut because you're late like you're you're untatted you know, the guy was like i know i'm a purebred purebred man got the fresh skin yeah, I've got a couple tattoos um, back from the day, but uh, nothing that you can really see. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's. I'm excited about this movie. Uh, I have seen it. Uh, we're actually doing a premiere. Man up, guys! We'll be doing a premiere in St. Louis, uh, January 27th. And awesome. So I'll put it on the yeah, calendar. Put, make sure you put that on your calendar, and we'll be sending out emails to all those and some links. If you're in the St. Louis area, uh, we can uh, get you in for free to see it before it comes out in February. We're really excited about uh, this movie. So we've been been blessed to do that. Uh, we've had, uh, it's been crazy how God has just really worked through Man of God's Way over the years. I've had the opportunity to work on quite a few movies. Um, I got to write a devotion on a movie called... Heartbreak Ridge. Heartbreak Ridge. I did Heartbreak Ridge movie, and that was an awesome deal. And I'm hoping to work on the new uh, Passion movie as well, Um, Passion 2 that's coming out. It's going to be The Resurrection that Mel Gibson is doing. So I'm hoping to be able to write a devotion for that. We'll see. Um, That was part of the deal of writing Hacksaw Ridge, but we'll see if that works out. And then um, 
Indivisible. Uh, it was a military movie. My wife and I wrote a devotion for that for marriage, and uh, that was a really op- a great opportunity. And then Breakthrough. Got to do a lot with Breakthrough movie. Um, and uh, I got a really good buddy, Jason Noble. He's actually been on the podcast that has, has helped us out quite a bit to get into the movie. So God has been doing some, some cool stuff um, along in the movie genre. And so we've got some big stuff coming up as well that we'll be announcing here pretty soon. So, um, but yeah, other than that, man, uh, God is just, man, God is moving. Um, our church is growing. Man Up is growing. Uh, the app is growing. Uh, if you get an opportunity, we do have a Man Up God's Way app. It is on iTunes and Google Play. So uh, we're kind of doing a soft launch um, so you guys can... We had it, uh, revamped it, and um, shut it down for a minute, and then now we've got it going again. So you guys are the first to hear about it. So uh, you can start clicking on it and getting on it here um, as soon as you can download it from from the uh, App Store. App Store, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> awesome. So man, I you know it's just me and you tonight. We don't have a guest. Um, Good. Well, I haven't seen you in four weeks. Yeah, exactly. We catch up. Anyway. We got plenty of time. Plenty of stuff to talk about. Yeah. It's uh, it's a. Uh, been um i've been missing you you know it's kind of hard to do a podcast you know by yourself and uh, it's good to have some bantering back and forth and some you know other ideas and opinions that go along with it but i've had some really good guests uh and one buddy man i'm excited to get to know even more um uh the fastest pastor i don't know if you got to hear that podcast no Um, uh uh, pastor don he is a uh, race car driver and he is uh, uh, climbing some fast hills in yeah. Colorado, some dangerous stuff. And oh, so that's Pikes Peak. Yeah, yeah, Pikes Peak race. Exactly. I got a buddy who lives uh, just out of uh, shot of Pikes, like from right. his porch. He's got a beautiful house, beautiful right. view, and you can see Pikes Peak. It's legit. So yeah, he's he's raced there. We're actually going to go there uh, this year to be with him in the pits. Ah, uh, so legit. Yeah, I gotta start exciting. getting myself invited to some of these. Well, you're going, yeah, we'll go. come on. Yeah, we're gonna go. So it's gonna it's gonna be fun. So I just I had just met this year was just a great year for some great guests and and guys that I ended up becoming you know relatively good friends with yeah. just over a podcast. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, Pastor Don uh, is one that I'm really excited to to get to know more, and he's just uh, been a blessing already in in my life. So, um, but yeah. So let's talk about uh, some things that are going on in the world, this crazy stuff that's going well, on in the world. We were going to do – so anytime we do one of these, it's kind of a little bit of catch-up, a little bit of current events. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's tough. Man, it's so tough to not do this when we first show up. Right. I haven't seen you in four weeks. <laughs> and so like we had some great stuff that we already went over. We're going to recap some of that. Um, but I, I really want to talk a little bit about – you know, okay, man up God's way. This is a show about men. We're talking about how, you know, we just talked about how these kids are trending into these conservative values mm-hmm. um, because there's there's nowhere to be cool anymore. Right. Like the rebels, it's interesting. I grew up and all my, all my friends who were rebels who were anti-authority were just that, you know, anti-authority, right. anti-government, anti-the man. And it seems like those groups of people are now for the system. Right. They are for compliance. They are for the system. They are for censorship. They are for – now, 
<clears throat> there are people who say some horrible things on the internet. Uh, one of the things I'm trying to do this year is get my Twitter um, just more active, right? Right. And I'm already, I mean, two weeks into the year, I'm already in a, a debate where, not even a debate, get my Twitter. Uh, someone tagged me through some tweets and, you know, we're debating who's worse, Muslims or I say we're. I have not even contributed to that portion of it. <laughs> there, two people are arguing with me tagged in it about who's worse, Muslims or Christians. Right. And it's like <clears throat> we have these – we have all these things like people want to be safe. I get mm-hmm. it. Um, we we want to provide a safe spot. Uh, I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said, "If you per, if you sacrifice liberty for security, you will receive neither, right? And you deserve neither, right? Um, and we've done that as a society. You know, we we don't have safe spaces, so we want to create them, and we will sacrifice everything to create them. The interesting thing that you know that comes from all of that, like this leaning towards." conservative values or now it's like you're the outlier Mm -hmm. i'm the outlier because i think you should be able to say whatever you want um but that led us right into talking about jordan peterson and the situation that he's in have you heard much about that yeah where the psychiatrist um the board of psychiatric um board in canada is trying to try him now they're trying to bring him to judgment so to speak yeah well the the creepy thing is they called it re-education right like oh i I, I know what those camps are i I read about those you know but now we have this we have this re-education of probably one of the most predominant um speakers of our time you know of of thinkers we could at least say thinkers you know he's challenged um he's challenged the way that we've conceptualized the world around us and he's done it so eloquently and that's that's the big issue nowadays is is what we what we're seeing is we're we're wanting to squash the truth and allow falsehood to be to become the truth it's under, in other words it's whatever you believe is true can be true and mm-hmm. so just because jordan peterson has a an opinion and a relatively intelligent opinion about just about everything mm-hmm. they want to reeducate him so he can stop you know what he's what he's from or where he's from is you know 25 30 years ago most of the psychiatric books had um majority of the things that we're saying that is natural today were actually psychiatric issues 25 30 years ago yeah transgenderism that was a psychiatric issue you know yeah. there was there was something wrong there homosexuality that yeah. was a psychiatric issue like mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, now it becomes the norm and, you know, more and more people are, are pushing down that avenue. And then if you've got an opinion, they want to squash that from you. Just today I posted, um, did you see what happened with the, uh, the beauty pageant? Oh the, yeah, the I think Miss the, Americas or Miss Universe or something like the that. The owner, I think the owner made yeah. a speech, and I don't know how often the owner is in the the limelight like that, but well, it, it I went mean, viral. Trump, uh, Trump was when he used to own. Did he own? He used oh, to own I'll one of those. But. Tell the story, and I'll, I'll see. If so anyway, um, there's a transgender owner now of the of the Miss Universe pageant. And I posted it on our Man Up God's Way page, and and, and they literally shadow banned it. There's, it's only got, and we've got 860,000 followers, 68,000 followers, a hundred, excuse me, 868,000 followers, 
and only 10 people liked it. Um, and it's, the, listen to this. This is exactly what, um, this is here. Let's see if I can pull that up real quick. Uh, oh shoot. Where did it go? But it's a transgender, it's a new transgender owner. Uh, the company who, is JKN Global Group. Okay. And, uh, the individual's name, I think it, uh, their name, I'm not sure, you know, I'll get us shadow banned by using right. the wrong one, is <laughs> Anna. Um, but Anna clearly did not start as Anna. Right. So this uh, is the kind of stuff that Jordan is speaking up against. So listen to this. This is her speaking. <laughs> Say her. Um, she's got a deeper voice than I do. Listen to this. The Miss Universe organization. <laughs> From now on, it's going to be ran by women. Owned by trans women, for all women. Well, that's this is the other thing. Yeah, this is what I don't get. She's saying it's for, or he's saying it's for all women. And why are you know Jordan Peterson is sticking his neck out for this stuff because he's there's two things that he's saying. One that um, it's not normal, and mm-hmm. two we shouldn't have to say that he's a she. Well, there's. There's an interesting thing with this because we did have a guest on. I God, I cannot remember his name um, for the life of me. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. I know you're. If you're watching this, you're like, ah, oh, I'm so and so. You blew it. Uh, definitely had a chance to plug him, but he had some good points on, you know, leading with empathy. Right. <clears throat> and that's why, you know, I hesitate when I say, okay, um, if it's not prudent for me to use gender, okay, <clears throat> I can be sensitive to the. To the individual who's now clearly, you know, was born as a man and is running the Miss Universe pageant um, and is a trans woman and say they, you know, mm-hmm. they, um, their name is Anna, I believe. Um, and that's polite. The problem with that is that when we go down this road, we're, we're actually harming women. Right. We're harming women. Um, if do women, this is my question to you. I don't think men deserve a safe space. I, I don't think we're called. We're fine. No. We don't deserve one. Right. You know, if a woman comes into the locker room while we're changing, I guess. I mean, that's happened. Uh, right. That happened to me in high school. That happened to me. That's happened to me in the real world. And, um, you know, that's just something that we, we dealt with and thought was funny, you know, as young right. men. Uh, do women deserve a place where they can, you know, be and no men are? Yeah. I think they do. Right. You know, so the question becomes if if someone who is there who is a trans woman – Right. Are they invading that space? Oh, 100%. Um, and yeah. I think we see that on a, we see that on a, you know, micro level within sports. Mm-hmm. We see that trans women are starting to come out and just dominate. Yeah. And biologically, they should. They should. And they, and they will. You know, that's the issue. And, and then what, what irks me about this is that why are not, why are women standing up and saying this is wrong? You know, in this video, it's on Twitter. Um, this, they're showing the crowd and women are standing up and cheering for this. Yeah. I don't, you know, when it's a guy literally standing up there dressed as a girl saying, this is, you know, about women for women and run by women. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he's not even a woman. Well, this, it's almost the nature of like, this is almost, you know, cliche. Um, I was watching something the other day and they were talking about how, how women tend to build each other up and they don't live in this Reality. Like if I walk in and I tell you, yeah, man, um, I look great. Um, 
I can get any chick. I'm a I'm a ten. Uh, I'm feeling great, but I but I'm not dressed well. You know, I'm rocking a double chin right now. Hopefully, I'm in the middle of a fast. Hopefully, that'll take that. Like, I'm not in shape. For me, like, I'm in the worst shape of my life. And you're going to be like, you sound like an idiot. Right. You know? Yeah. But that's not. Have you looked in the mirror? Yeah, yeah. Have you looked in the mirror, you clown? Like, part of our, you know, when we started this podcast, part of our, our deal was um, we were like, man, we got to be easier on each other. Right. Like, every day we're right. just ripping just into each, each other. other. Exactly. Um, because we don't pull any punches. Right. The the difference between the two genders and the way that they support each other is that's how we support each other and build each other up. Because I know if I if I give you crap, you know, right. then you're going to try to do better. And then if I ever do actually give you a compliment, you're going to be you like, know? oh, that's, right. that's exactly. legit. Yeah. Like, I'm not pulling your leg. Today I told right. you, I was like, dude, you look good. And you're yeah. like, oh, I actually lost some weight, right. you know. Um but uh, females sometimes don't, you know, right. they could be in a real bad spot and they don't look good and they've been crying and it's, oh, you look beautiful. Don't worry about a thing, mm-hmm. you know. And so maybe there's some tendencies there um, why they're not standing up and, and, you know, pushing back against the wave. Some are. Well, well unfortunately, are. unfortunately, with the woke cu- culture right now, um, it's scared people to stand up, you know, in, in which I can see, you know, you get. We've lost our platform uh, once to Facebook shutdown, mm-hmm. and that was during the gay marriage ban um, that they were, or the gay marriage um, vote that was going on. I think it was 2016. Oh yeah, uh, they shut our page down because we were standing on biblical marriage. Yeah, and you know now that they have some of that power uh, to be able to take away your livelihood, so to speak. Uh, it's sometimes scary to stand up and actually say something. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I feel sorry for those who are, you know, feel that they can't be comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. That uh, we we have a society that caters to that kind of thought process instead of saying, you know, okay, there's there's different ways to go about this because what we're what we're seeing now, and here's my theory, is that. You know, we're starting to see a lot of videos and a lot of people coming out of, um, what do they call it, um, uh, coming from transgenderism. They, they, they oh, transitioned. They're leaving it. They're leaving yeah. it and coming back, and they're just saying that the well, whole – We could probably get banned just for saying that people have ever done that. Right, exactly, um, which, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm tired of being quiet, but it breaks my heart to think that – the system is set up, including psychologists, you know, like where Jordan Peters is coming from, the doctors, the system, like we're, we're taking these kids, we're taking these young adults that don't even have the right mind to think well, and they're pushing them through the system as fast as they can to get this reassignment surgery or, you know, um, taking off their breast or adding breast or doing something and putting them on hormones all of a sudden. And now we're starting to see these people start coming out of it, realizing that was not the way I was supposed to go. Yeah. And there was a uh, Matt Walsh, I think, did mm-hmm. a few yeah. interviews during uh, that documentary. What is a woman? What is a woman? Yeah. He had an interview with uh, someone who was trans and came out of it and is just in a tough spot now. Right. Because it physically messes you up. I mean, you're yeah. you're you're stuck with whatever surgery you end up getting, mm-hmm. and that's the. That's the sad part is that they're they're basically mutilating their own bodies um, because of which what, is no one's no one's mentioned this you know it is illegal to cut your own arm off mm-hmm. like self mutilation is yeah, they'll illegal. put you in a, they'll put you in a straitjacket yeah. for that they'll put you in a straitjacket for sure yeah. um, 
Yeah, I remember a long time ago I saw some some crime movies on it, and they were looking for you know a a doctor who was doing that for people. Uh, it was like obviously a fake made up show, but that was the joke. Like he's like these people want their arms cut off, and I'm doing it for them, and they live much better lives because of it. And they're like, no, dude, they have mental problems. Right. Um, now leading from empathy, you know, I think maybe the empatheticness is tough to get as I create and make up words that don't exist. Um, <laughs> it's tough. It's, hey, it's our podcast. I know, we, we can do, do whatever, whatever we want, want until yeah. they shut us down. Um, and maybe we hesitate to lean into empathy because of the brass, the brashness that it's coming right. at us. You know, um, it's do it or else it's do it like Jordan Peterson, do it or we'll take your license right away. Um, we won't let you speak. Um, it's, it's, I mean, speech, there are certain things you should not be able to say, like you can't scream fire right. in a, in a building, you know, you can't, uh, slander someone and tell lies. Right. Right. Um, ironically we, you can, if you're, um, mm -hmm. any type of news outlet, but I mean, if you're just a regular person, right. you know. Um, you well, can't and that's, tell lies. And that's, the, that's the, the balancing act that as Christians, how do we go about, one, not condoning what they do, mm -hmm. and two, how do we come alongside of them and let them know that we love them? Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the balancing act because as, you know, as a ministry called Man of God's Way, what we do is we try to teach men how to become godly men, not yeah. just a man, um, but a godly man. And what does that look like? A, a godly man is uh, one that will get to and understand uh, that having a relationship with Jesus Christ is first and foremost. If mm -hmm. you don't know Jesus, none of this matters. Yeah. Like, you have to know that you know that you know Jesus Christ. And the way that you know Jesus Christ is by faith. And by faith that you believe that he was born of a virgin birth, that he walked a sinless life, that he willingly walked upon the cross, that he died upon the cross, he was buried. Three days later, he rose again. And for 40 days, he finished the mission and the ministry that he started prior to his death. And he ascended into heaven and he gave them a command to go and make disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. And that's what we believe in. That's what faith is. And when you believe that by faith, you receive the Holy Spirit and you're indwelled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you have the power to walk away from temptation of sin. Now you have the power to be able to, to understand the word of God. And as Christian men, we've got to learn how to humble ourselves to honor, glorify, and worship the Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we do that... Then we can become better husbands, we become better fathers, and mm -hmm. we become better uh, servants not only in our church but in our community. And then when we have that kind of power, we cannot, we can, we can lovingly go out into the world and share the gospel, the good news with other people mm -hmm. in a loving way that will bring them to know the goodness of Jesus Christ as well. What we can't do, and what I don't want people to think that we're doing here, is bashing, um, you know, people who I believe have a mental illness, um, because God made man, God made woman, He didn't make anything in between, and that's that's what we've got to realize is that there's something, whether it's socially or mentally or even physically, maybe it's chemically wrong, that would make somebody want to do that, and again. 
I know what it is. It's the sin nature yeah. that we have. We've had since the very beginning of time. Um, but we have to we have to do a better job as Christians to lovingly let them know um, that we care, that we that we understand, that we you know that it is a sin issue, that we're there for them, and not to shun them in any any way. But at the same time, we have to stand firm on our biblical beliefs because here's the caveat is that they're pushing their way into your children. They're pushing their way into the school system. They're pushing their way into the libraries. They're pushing their way into the church. Yeah. I mean, there are churches now that have transgender pastors. Mm-hmm. That just, I mean, Satan is doing a really good job um, sliding his slimy well, ways into the church. You know, I, I don't think... It, this is an old problem. I think it's a. I'm sorry, a new problem. I think it's. No, a, it's not. I think it's an old problem that's mm-hmm. manifesting itself right now more powerfully because we don't have. I mean, my favorite author. I don't know how often I've said this to other men that I um, that I hang out with and I talk about. You know, the struggle of being a godly man uh, in today's society. But church has made us very, very weak. Mm-hmm. If you go to an average church here in America, you are taught how to be a pansy. Right. Um, Part of I, I love my brother to death. Uh, he's a wrestling coach. He is a very godly man, and he leads me. Um, he gives me great advice when I'm when I'm struggling. And he has quite literally stopped going to church because mm-hmm. he says, "Man, every time I go, they just try." Excuse my language. They try to make me a pussy, mm-hmm. and you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's what they're trying to do in most churches is they want to neuter and. Um, and you know calm down this wild nature that we have and we do man i'm i got a messed up heart i'm a crazy person i'm a i'm a wrestler i like fighting i I love all those things um i can also love jesus and love those things um i think even we're talking about peterson he said it very very well he said um that it is uh you want to be incredibly dangerous he said you want to be a monster right be a monster then learn how to control, control it. it. Right, exactly. Then learn how to control it. So if you don't have monsters in the church already, it's very easy for nonsense to come in the church because there's nothing pushing back. There's people sitting in the pews. There's men who've been neutered who are sitting in the pews and right. like, well, I guess the pastor says it's okay, so it's okay. He's just a person. Right. You're just a person. You know, um, get your Bible, pull up some scripture, and I can't tell you how many times I've had to do this. And maybe this is something that's that's not healthy, and I'll definitely take correction if it's not. But if man, if we're preaching something from the pulpit at a church I'm leading worship from that's not correct, I got some really hard questions for my pastor and some scriptures that I need him to explain how he's understanding. Right. Because and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think no, there is. No, we, there's there's. Uh, you, and here's the issue is the reason that there's so many false gospels out there and, f- and false teaching and false churches is that you have weak, spiritually immature pew sitters. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just going to go. There's, it's the tickling of the ear. Paul talks about it. Yeah. Like there's, there's going to be a time where uh, men and women will, women will fall to uh, the tickling of the ear. They're looking for a motivational speech. They're not looking for a biblically, um, exposited uh, sermon that lays out what scripture means. You've got to, 
you got to know what it means, why it means, why it means what it means, and then apply it. And if you're not doing that, and that's, I've traveled to enough churches over the last 10 years doing conferences, men's conferences that I've seen, uh, the problem within the church and it is complacency. Mm-hmm. It's complacency within the church is complacency with getting done. We, we have a biblically illiterate church right now. They don't know what the word of God says. Mm-hmm. They don't read the word of God. They have no clue how to even start a Bible study. Um, and they're trying to live off the words of the pastor. It's like I tell my church all the time. If you come to church on Sundays and that's the only time that you eat, you will starve to death. Yeah. And you if, can't do that. If you're a, if you're a follower who's been following for a while, that's not your time to eat. It's time you're poured it's out. Time, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can't, man, mm-hmm. I can't sustain on Sundays. Right. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, that's a big problem because, um, at the end of Jesus's life as he's ascending into heaven, I should say as, at, as the end of his resurrection, he's ascending into heaven and he leaves the apostles with, a command, and that command is Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go therefore to all nations, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then, in verse ten, he says to teach them all that I have commanded you. Lo and behold, I will be with you to the end of age. And so we have a, a job, if you will, to go and make disciples, and that is learning to tell the truth. Try to get back to where we were talking about is you know the gospel's truth is learning to share. The truth in love. That means mm-hmm. letting someone know that they need Jesus because they are in sin. And because they are in sin, they are bound to hell because they don't know Jesus. And, and not and even hell. Nothing. Like we could even take that and bring it surface level. Like for, forget hell. You're making your existence here worse. Right. You know, we look mm-hmm. at sin and I, I, um, I think it was Kyle Eidelman. Uh, in his book, Not a Fan, Not that a fan, really yeah. helped me conceptualize what sin is and how to like frame it into this. It's just a word that we're using right. for things that hurt me. Right. It's not things that are like awesome that I don't get to do because they're great. No, they're fun for a very little time, but in the end, they add emotional damage. They add physical damage. They add financial damage. Like these are things that hurt you. you. And so that's what we're doing. Like that, when you think sin, don't think of, oh, that's the barrier. That's something I can't do. No, that's something that, that if you do repeatedly, it'll negatively affect your life. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, you know, trying to, you know, get back to where we started was just, you know, everyone is so scared to be canceled that it's causing um, people not to actually speak the truth. Isn't that bad though? I mean, it's it's horrible. Think about like, I'm not, we're not free yet. Right. Mm -hmm. We had a great first year and this is, we're coming up on year number two. I'm still stuck to a corporate 500. And if someone decides to start clipping some of this stuff, um, I might not have, you know, a job. And I just gave somebody an idea. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just an idiot. But uh, there's no parachute now. we got to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're not free from corporate life. We're not free from world. Right. I, I do music. I want people to listen, hear, and enjoy my music. And I, I don't do worship music. So I do music all over for all different types of people. And I don't want people to hear me speak and say, wow, he's not very kind. 
Right. I'm not going to listen. I'm I'm going to boycott his music. That's my purpose. My purpose on earth is to create music. And my largest fear is someone taking that away from me. Right. Um, so even myself, you know, nervous about speaking up and, but you have to fight against that and you have mm-hmm. to say, no, 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 no. I'm going to speak truth. I'm going to speak it with kindness and I'm going to let them know that I don't think I'm better than them. I'm just as bad. Like, right. let me tell you my woes. Like you got no, you <laughs> Right. I, I'm glad I identify with Paul's at time with Paul at times like that because I can sit back and say no. Let me tell you some stories: what I've done, what I've seen, where I've been, and then maybe you'll understand that I hurt too. Right. But I deal with my hurt in different ways now, um, and there's different ways to approach it. Well, and that's that's where we've got to get to a place uh, that we we can agree to disagree <laughs> and still be friends. You know, yeah. That's what's happening now is that they want to shut you out because they completely disagree with you. And in my opinion, I think it's it's conviction to an extent, especially mm-hmm. if somebody's talking to a Christian, somebody a well-versed Christian. Yeah. Um, and they want to shut you out or they want to ban you or they want to, you know, cancel you or whatever it is. I think it's because there's there's full conviction. There's full conviction and, and there's some identity um, issues there too. Uh, I did for my thesis in when I was getting my graduate degree, I did uh, motivation for fan attendance. And um, through that, we were reading about how individuals, all the studies I was reading, individuals have to have their own identity. And if they don't, they have to attach to another. Right. In order to exist, meaning we will commit suicide if we don't. Right. Now. Um, so. Um, one of the things that individuals will do is they will attach their identity um, to their politics. If they don't, they have to attach to another. We got right. a little feedback. Order to Hold on, exist, sorry, yeah, I got mean, feedback there. My bad. I wanted to hear it twice. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but we will have major issues with suicide if if we don't attach ourselves to an identity. Right. And part of this, you know, we we have a. a phrase for it now identity politics mm-hmm. um they are lashing out at you because if they are incorrect then their identity is destroyed and so it has yeah. less to do with them being open um and less to do with them being you know let's have a discussion no we can't have a discussion because if i'm wrong then my entire identity is destroyed right it, it becomes very, it becomes very, very sticky, very, very quickly, um, to the point where people get violent. People get, you know, I've had, I remember when we did the, when Roe versus Wade um, was overturned. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was having conversations with individuals like, no, 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 listen, it's not illegal now. It's just states' rights. Um, and I lost friends. Like people right. said, I'm deleted me from social media. You know, I'm never. I'm never talking to you again. You're a horrible person and all these things. It has nothing to do with my opinion and everything to do with that is their identity. They've attached their identity to that idea. Right. And if they are incorrect about that, then what are Mm -hmm. they? What else could they be incorrect? I mean, I remember the first time, the first time I like found I was grossly wrong about something. Mm Mm-hmm. First time, many times, yeah, many so, times, so daily, only once, daily. But it, it's hard to to go back and say, "Man, I was really incorrect right. about that." It actually is this. Well, and that's that's the whole, you know, that's called wisdom. 
you know, we don't have enough people who have wisdom. You learn wisdom in one of two ways. You either learn it yourself or you learn it from the mistakes of others. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder when you learn it by yourself. It's the only way it, I do it. It's, yeah, and I, me too most of the time. Hey, don't touch that hot stove. Okay, yeah. Um, but I, it's, it's easier and smarter when you listen to that of others, when you can listen to the wisdom of others. And that's, that's why history is so important. That's why, um, you know, reading your Bible is so, there's so much wisdom in the Bible that we just miss when we're not engaged in God in a daily basis. You said something a while ago that I kind of want to backtrack to. <clears throat> I think one of the other issues is that people are missing when it comes to allowing these kids and <clears throat> young adults to, to just do whatever they want is the mental capacities that are being messed up. You know, the, the suicide rates that are off the charts when it mm-hmm. comes to transgenderism and even it's homosexuality. Post and pre. Yeah. You know, po- there's exactly. some people who argue um, that it's, oh, yeah, it's because we're treating them so poorly. No, even, even uh, post. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's, that's probably the bigger issue that, that really, you know, instead of looking at the mental capacity, they're wanting just to, you know, look at the physical capacity and change all the physical and not really work on the mental. And it can't happen like that. It's almost like, you know, like being overweight. Um, it ninety percent of the battle is the mental part. Yeah, you know, just trying to learn how to eat and learn to do the right things. And you know, sometimes um, I, I think that's where we miss the boat on helping some of these younger kids. And social media is killing. It's killing me, it, dude. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's killing adults, but it's really killing these kids. I mean, they are addicted in a way that um, I've never seen before, and it's sad. It, yeah. Like, it's really, really sad to watch these kids. The other day, last Sunday, I was preaching, and in the front of our church, all the youth kids sit. There's probably two or three rows of uh, youth kids. They all sit together and just have a good time with each other, and they're very polite and very respectful and they're all listening to the sermon and you know some of them are taking notes yeah i challenge them to take notes and uh, different things like that and the other day i had a question for them you know it was just i was talking to the adults but i just said i wanted to ask the kids you know the young kids a question and literally it was hilarious because everyone had their heads down you know just looking down in their laps and most of them were looking at phones some were looking at notes and i was like hey kids and all of you know i just at unison all raised their head you know just to look and they've got their you know got that's kind of the the mentality for these kids is that they are just keeping their heads down and not looking at the rest of the world and when it comes to the social media um it literally will take you to rabbit holes that that are just they're they're logically they don't make sense yeah of how you know kids feel and what they're doing and yeah. what they should do and how they you know and you know as well as I do the second that you go down those rabbit holes your um, algorithms all change uh, the next thing you know you're getting smut you're getting stuff that you shouldn't be looking at and it becomes a nightmare for um, kids and adults yeah. and it's a it's a bit big big problem well uh i'm reading some of the comments we are listening to your comments tonight and checking them out there's a few about you know how this is affecting our children and you know someone had mentioned that it is um part of the problem is parenting so we've you know in america we have 
released the onus of parenting onto the schools. And right now the schools are mm-hmm. not, you know, feeding into um, really what we should be doing um, with our children. I I get a, a lot of opportunities to watch um, – to watch parents parent. Right. I have no kids. I travel a lot. I spend time with my friends. You're not family. one of those guys that tell parents how to raise their kids. Oh, no. Okay, I, don't, I don't speak yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I let them do their thing. I watch them all, and I've seen some great parenting, and I've seen some atrocious parenting. Um, and um, most of my friends do a pretty stinking good job. Uh, but it's tough when you, you, know, when you see an individual not doing a good job. I see it mostly, you know, all, all my friends, they grew up around me. They have some of the same mindsets and they're all pretty successful. So they, right. they got a pretty good idea how to raise some children. Um, when I'm walking around, I see some of the parenting that is around and it's, you know, it's, we're letting our children kind of do whatever kids are sucked in on iPads all day, every day. I think one of my favorite rules, uh, my older brother has for the household is there's, Lotted times for when they can watch movies. Friday night is movie night. Right. Like there are going to be no movies um, unless it's Friday night. Uh, there's a very short TV time and there's a very short tablet time that the kids are allowed. And they're young. Yeah. And not having them on a tablet is chaos. Right. Is, is pure chaos. Well, and that, I think that's uh, somebody wrote in here. It's poor parenting. Um, I think that was which, the one I was going. Is that what the way David, you're going? Yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't disagree. I mean, I, I I see some parenting that's going on in the world today, and that we've we've basically allowed our children to run our homes. Uh, in my house, our kids are third class citizens. Uh, it's me and my wife. Uh, we are unified. We are one flesh. Uh, we were. Um, we were married that way. It's till death do us part. So we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Our goal for our children is to raise them so they leave. So they leave, yeah. So they leave. So <laughs> hey, get not, out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're not going to run our house. Yeah. And um, I tell them all the time, y'all are third-class citizens. This is a hierarchy. It's God, me, your mom, and then everybody else underneath. Uh, that's the way that we do it. And we do, we do things – relatively strict i mean we're not the strictest parents even though we're pastors or i'm a pastor and my my wife is a, a pastor's wife uh, my kids are all pks um, yeah. poor, poor children yeah poor children they're all good kids but uh we have discipline in our home and it has to happen especially in the world today yeah. We have to literally kick our kids out of the house. You know, yeah. I've got, I've, I've been uh, blessed. I have a 21 year old and a 20 year old, and then I have twin 12 year olds. Yeah. And the 12 year olds, you know, they have come up in the social media world and the school system that is screwed up and all of that kind of stuff. We homeschooled our first two kids and just um, didn't have the energy. I mean, we're older older age and uh they're very athletic and very social and the the twins are so but we do a really good job just trying to monitor and and stage you know how they can get on social media actually they can't even get on social media but even like xbox or ipad or a phone like that so we tend to tend to watch those things and we're raising men and we're raising women in our home that's what we've done from the very beginning uh, I think parenting has a lot to do with that. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, when I, when I tell my boys at 12 or 13 years old, you are, 
you are a man. Yeah. You know, you need to understand that uh, you are a man from here on out. I will call you a man. You said 14? Would, uh, thir- between 13. 12 and 14. Um, yeah. It's really, really that kind of age. Like my oldest son, he's 21 now. And uh, he, he understood early on that, you know, when I left the house, he was the man of the house. Mm-hmm. Like he, I, I gave him that authority that he, not that he could rule over my wife, but he was yeah. the protector. Yeah. That he was going to be there for her security. That he was going to to raise them. That he was to treat his women or the women, not his women, the women in his life, his sister, his mom, yeah. uh, with the utmost respect. That he was the protector. He was never to hit them. And he uh, has that air about him. Mm-hmm. Like he's just very well uh, mannered. He's very well put together as far as in control. I man, when I had mm-hmm. him, like I had him on set for. Uh, that last music yeah. video we did, and I just gave him some instruction. He stayed out of the way. He's very polite. He did his job, and just there was no. It's funny because when you when you raise up a young man and you put him in that environment, and at that young age you say, "Okay, now this is your man now, mm-hmm. right?" Right. You get a man. Yeah. Um, it took me, and still, like oh, I'm a jokester. Like mm-hmm. it took. I can't take anything seriously. Right. No one ever made me be a man until after <laughs> college, and right. I went to grad school. Right. I think I got my first job at 27 years old. Right. That was my first full time job. You, know, you don't and that's the way that Hollister. I. That's the way I raised my daughter. You yeah. know, and my daughter, I raised her to be a young lady that. Um, I, I have a great story. She's probably 13, 14 years old, and. I take them out on date nights. And so I would take her out and then I take my son out and it could be as simple as just getting ice cream or going to a movie. And sometimes I'd take them to like a really nice dinner. You know, they thought Applebee's was really nice or, yeah, you know, something, it is. Like, <laughs> something like that. And so when I would take her out, uh, I would pull her chair out. Uh-huh. I would put her menu down in front of her. I would open the door for her a car door for her and then i would sometimes order for her if she wanted me to and so i was i that that patriarchy yeah that to me is nonsense is uh you know southern hospitality that is that is just being a gentleman that's not trying to be a chauvinist by any means i just want her to know what a real man looks like and then that way when she did get married she had something to gauge that from that I was hoping the man that she would marry would be better than her dad. Yeah. And so I would give her these, I, you know, these, these, like, don't ever get in a car if the man doesn't open your door. Like, I'm I would, waiting. I would yeah. tell her. So one night, uh, we go out to dinner and it starts sleeting and it's raining and it's cold and I can't stand the cold. I would rather take a hot poker to the eye than, you know, be in the cold. <laughs> And so we come out of the restaurant, and I run to the car, and I jump in the car, and I open it up. I'm turning the seat heaters on. I got the heater going. I'm standing. I'm like, oh, I'm freezing, freezing. And I look over, and she's not in the car. And so I look through the window, and she's just standing there. She kind of leans down the window, and she's like, I'm standing here. And I was like, oh, crap. So I get out of the car. I have to run over and (laughs) open the car door for her, let her in. and um, You're a horrible father. What were you doing? (laughs) But I raised her right. Yeah. You know, and uh, I wanted her to be independent and to uh, be on her own and learn to do all those things. But I also wanted her to understand the godly relationship that she should have with her husband, that it is a um, it's it's a complimentary style 
marriage that the husband should serve her as much as she serves him, but he needs to be the protector. He needs to be the provider. He needs to be the one seeking God with all of his power, all of his might, all of his ability to be able to lead, direct her, Mm -hmm. guide her, and to uh, keep her safe and secure. Yeah. Uh, both spiritually and physically, yeah. and um, we which have, are very unpopular things to say in, oh, in yeah. itself. You know, saying yeah. that hey, the man's supposed to provide, the man's supposed to keep her safe. Uh, well, women can keep uh, right. keep it safe. <clears throat> I was on. And that's just the way I was raised. Yeah, <clears throat> I was on. Uh, I was on a date a while ago. We were just having a conversation over dinner about, um, and and dating today is very very rough uh, as far as like conversations about gender roles and whatnot. It came up as like, no, you know, it's a, a husband and wife is a partnership. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and I was like, man, okay, yeah, it is. But <clears throat> I've never been on a ship that's going somewhere where there's two captains. Right. So someone's got to be captain, right? And right. it can't be like, hey, you're captain for this. And it, like, it's got to be one person that just makes it smoother. And so, you know, it's, it's got to be the guy. And well, why does it have to be the guy? Because when something goes bump in the night, if right. it's if it's you, then you got to go because I'm staying my butt <laughs> right here, and right. I'll uh, I'll get up and go again. Um, <clears throat> but it's a very hard conversation. It's difficult in dating, especially in our culture. Um, it's not received well at well, all. And I I think that's just that's <laughs> culture in general. And you know, feminism didn't do uh, the world any good. Um, as far as uh, taking that, you know, that that idea of of a good biblical marriage away, and again, I don't think a woman should be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. That's no. not that's not what I'm saying. No, I'm saying no. that uh, as a man, I should be um, geared toward protecting and providing and leading in a way that uh, honor <laughs> God, honors God and honors my wife. Um, mm-hmm. my wife and I are one flesh. We are, uh, on the same page. And what happens when we do that, we become better parents. Yeah. And so now we've got kids that listen to both of us and not just one of us. You know, she's not the one who's, you know, screaming and yelling and I'm not the one who's screaming and yelling. And they know that they can trust both of us in a way because we're, we're leading God. And mm-hmm. when we don't, when we fail, you know, the cool thing about, you know, the way that God, treats us and the way that we treat our parent, our, our kids is that we, we use a lot of God, um, lessons. Like for an example, um, my, my son got in trouble not too long ago and during like a lot of times with kids, the threatening of punishments worse than the actual punishment. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. go to your room. I'm going to spank you later or something yeah, like, you know, something like rough. that. Like just waiting on that is long. It's just it's miserable torture. and torture and all that. So, um, I, I walked up to my son's room and, um, and he was just, you know, just ghost white and, and he's black, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but you could just tell like my, yeah. my two younger kids are African Americans and, um, he was just scared. You could just tell like, I mean, he was just, I'm sorry, dad. And I said, I just want you to know that I'm very disappointed in what you did. Um, and normally the way that I discipline my kids, I don't spank them over spilt milk. Yeah, that's a that's just a childlike act. You know, that was just a childlike mistake. What I do spank them for is disobedience and lying. Yeah, um, lying's some, a tough one because once they're old enough to know, it's like, yeah. dude, you did that on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Manipulator. Yeah, exactly. Look at you. And so it's usually one swat. Um, 
And uh, so I walked upstairs and I said, uh, I want you to know something. I said, I'm very disappointed what you did. And I said, but God has shown me grace in my life. A lot of grace. You know, when I've made mistakes, I didn't get a spanking, but God gave me grace. And so tonight, I'm not going to spank you, and I'm going to give you grace. Do you understand what that is? And he's like, yes, Daddy, I understand. And I said... He's all, I like that. (laughs) I said... I like me some grace. It doesn't happen all the time. I said, but tonight, you're getting grace. And so it was an opportunity for me to teach him what God's grace looked like. When I sin, are there consequences? Of course there are consequences. Um, I can con- I can determine whether I wanted to sin or not, but I can't determine what the consequences are going to be. Yeah. And so I can sh- teach my children that, and there are consequences for your bad actions. Mm-hmm. There are, and but there's also grace sometimes that comes yeah. along with that. And so, man, that was a whole lot of stuff there. But you know, just I think in uh, what one of the the commenters said on our our Facebook page is that. Um, a lot of times parenting does cause the issues. Mm-hmm. And there was a new um, a new report that came out. It was, uh, um, it was a medical journal or something that came out that talked about that it was like 96% of transgender kids that or transgender people that they talked to had been abused as kids. Mm. And so there's, there's that, that aspect of it yeah. as well. And um, I, I think... I think parents need to do a better job in raising their kids, raising little young men and women. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're not doing that at all. Yeah, well, even even godly parents, like I said, Mm -hmm. you know, there was – I come from uh, an immigrant family, you know, that's only been here a couple years. And and my father wanted us to have a a cushier life than he had Mm -hmm. growing up. So that's why, you know, I got special treatment. I was a – I was a really good athlete, so I got some special treatment there, and you know that that led on to, you know, doing some. I've just been in. I've been in positions to where it's really easy to give me special treatment. You know, right. hey, star athlete. Oh, this guy's on TV, or this guy's over here, and so it did. It was really hard for me to grow up. Matter of fact, one of the I had conversation with my oldest brother coming uh, back to Christmas. One of the greatest things that came out of me moving to Missouri is being so far away from family, friends, and anybody that I knew. Nobody could do it but me and God. Like right. it was just me and God for the last five years. No one else was allowed in. And, you know, he graciously grew me up a lot. Um, going from really having no handle on finances to owning a home. And, um, yeah, we... We need not only to teach our children, you know, how to be how to be grown ups, but how to discern between what is right and what is wrong. And but the funny thing is, they know it already, right? You know, and they're having to be untaught it in the schools, which is what we're seeing. Uh, are you super familiar or just a little bit familiar with maps? Yeah, have you been seeing yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I told a couple I had to educate. Met this young lady who's a news reporter. Um, different state. I don't know where she's at, but we met her snowboard and we were, I always talk politics, man. Mm-hmm. People, it's not, you're not going to come meet me at a random place at a restaurant or snowboarding or 
I'm going to start talking religion and politics real quick. We're going to find out who you are, what you're about. So (laughs) we were talking about this and uh, she had never heard of maps. Mm. And I was like, well, you need to go check it out because it's, you know, it's not where you're at. But in California, it's a thing. Uh, Maps. And then now we have the the 10 year law, Mm. um, which is where you can, you know, it's at a judge's discretion. If you have been someone has sexually molested you um, within 10 years. Uh, it's the judge's discretion whether or not to charge uh, for criminal charges or not. You know, it mm. could be a romantic, quote unquote, could be a romantic relationship, and right. it's their discretion. And so <clears throat> these things that are coming into our society, it just circles me back to like that that question that we started with was, is it just society? You know, is it just the inevitable progression of um, of safety? You know, that liberty, uh, that safety for liberty, and you're going to receive neither. There was a study we were talking about. It's the uh, Mouse Utopia. Right. Um, I first heard about it on uh, JRE. Um, But this guy, I wrote his name down, John B. uh, Callahan, I think is his last name. Um, He created this Mousetopia, this place where, where mice could live. They had everything they needed. They had... Um, all the food, water, shelter, activities, um, all the, you know, they had access to females. There was enough females for every male to have a female. Um, it was really a, a utopia. It was a perfect place. Within two years, um, everything was destroyed right. by themselves. Um, the, uh, the men started not being interested in the women anymore, started sleeping with themselves, the female mice started killing their young, um, and the whole thing just went kaput in mm. two years. And it and it reminds me of this story from um, zero to one. Daniel Pink is the, uh, I believe, is the um, author of that, but he has a portion of Ted Kaczynski's manifesto in there. Who was the Unabomber? Right. And I think we've spoken privately about this before, right. but. Ted Kaczynski was a crazy person and what he did was horrible, but he was onto something. Um, when society becomes too easy, we look for a struggle. We need a struggle as human beings. I think that's a, I think that's a written truth inside of us. That's a, that's a quote from John Eldridge, mm-hmm. um, that everybody has these three truths written on their hearts. Uh, things are not what they seem. There's a battle raging. And I play an important role. And so we as Christians, we run to that and spiritually and say, yeah, we things are not what they seem. There's a spiritual warfare going on. Uh, it's battle. And I play a role. And we dive right into that. And that gives us purpose for our entire lives because we see the world as it is, you know, beyond the veil. For people who aren't followers of Christ and, and don't see spiritual warfare of any sense, right. it's very hard for them to get some type of meaning out of their life and things can become vapious very, very quickly. Hmm. Dang. <clears throat> That's pretty good. Yeah. That, I think we miss that point more than anything. It's, it, it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual battle. You know, it's a spiritual warfare that we've got going on in the world today. And the enemy who's been doing this for thousands of years is Good at it. is a perfectionist, you know. I mean, he does he does it really well, and you can just see the ebbs and flows of societies that tend to. I mean, you look back at the Greek and the Roman societies, same thing, you know, it's the exact same things uh, that we have. You have this 
massive growth, following the law, and the next thing you have this debauchery and everything, and the world goes to hell in a handbasket. Um, I think that's what you're starting to see in the United States. Well, you even see that they're looking at China. I was watching something uh, the other day that they were talking about how China is in big trouble with their population. Like we are thinking that China has this huge population, this gross, you know, over overgrown society, which is why they have the one child rule and it's got to be a man and and all those things. Um, There was this uh, this journalist again you know i'm i'm a sucker for joe rogan uh, this journalist that was talking about how they've been lying about their numbers right they've been lying about their numbers they weren't having kids um because of independence you know and career and all these things and the ones who were having kids were only having one and so they've depleted themselves to where with today's culture of independence and you know, women not wanting to get married and maybe, you know, start their career and that being important. Uh, his fear, he said, and I'm, I'm hope I'm quoting the time frame correctly. He said 10 years, China will be gone. Yeah, I, I saw said, that too. I said, I said, what? Yeah. China's going to be gone in 10 right. years. And he said, if they are, if they're truly lying about their numbers, like I believe that they are, then there are far less people there and they'll be gone so quickly um, because there is a ratio um, cause Elon Musk and, uh, oh, Microsoft guy, Bill Gates, they go back and forth on this cause Bill Gates thinks the world is overpopulated and we got to slow down. And Elon Musk is arguing that no, it's underpopulated. And there's a formula that if we don't keep up with this formula, um, we'll tank right. and we're on the same projection. The, the average American family now has like 1.2 kids, right? Right. Yeah. That, that's not even replace, replacing the parents. We can't even replace ourselves. And, you know, being a single man, I can't tell you how many women I run into who are, no, no thanks. I, I don't think that's for me. No kids, I don't yeah. think I want kids. I'm really focused on my career. Right. Which is, if that's what you'd like to do, that is perfectly fine. Um, and, you know, I'm not throwing shade at that. Uh, at the same time, um, it does baffle me that you've like as a woman you've been given this crazy gift to make people like you can straight make people and you know um any any career that's that it's tough to find a career that's more valuable right. than that right making human beings what yeah exactly like that's insane that you can do that right um and I'm over here, you know, selling insurance. Like, yeah. I don't think you want to do this. I'd rather be making people. Like, I want a- <laughs> 10 more kids. And, uh, and my wife's like, Neh. yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a blessing. Uh, and kids, you know, are a gift, but we've got to raise them correctly. And again, you know, one of the things that we did as parents is we tried to set the bar spiritually and biblically as high as we possibly could so that when they did fall, it wasn't that big of a fall, mm-hmm. you know, that they weren't screwing up so bad that it was just blatant like it was just you know like my older kids they are good good and i call them kids they're adults they're good adults um do they do everything i want them to no of course not yeah. no, no kid has ever done what their parents you know exactly know want them to. yeah you know <laughs> yeah definitely me neither so um i am blessed with the kids i have but we we guided them and directed them in a way that uh, when we did release the arrows, so to speak, um, you know, they went straight yeah. and, uh, we've been blessed by that. So, 
you know, I just I pray for the society that we have right now that is is really just confused uh, because they have no hope. Mm-hmm. And the hope that I have and that you have and that many others have in Jesus Christ needs to be shared um, with more and more people. And um, we've got to get to a place to where um, we we share the gospel more and more to give them that hope, to give them that guidance, to give them that direction, uh, because we're to be a beacon uh, out in the to the in the world. We're to be uh, in a place to where um, we guide them and direct them and a lamp at our feet. Like there's so many scripture that I just keep coming to my head that we are to be to other people that we're not right now. Yeah. And more Christians need to stand up and start evangelizing. More Christians need to stand up and start being bold. More Christians need to stand up and start discipling. More Christians need to be taking care of the widows and the orphans. You know, mm-hmm. if we're going to fight for um, to abolish abortion, then start adopting. Yeah. If we're going to fight to um, you know the the woke culture, then start sharing the truth. If we're going to fight against transgenderism and homosexuality, give them a place to, where they can recover and fall in love with Jesus and yeah. don't bash them and don't, you know, don't uh, condone it. But at the same time, give them the opportunity to, to see the light that is in you so you can lead them and guide them and direct them to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and the beauty of this culture is this culture fosters some pretty nastiness, but it also fosters the opportunity to talk about mm-hmm. it. The only reason that it's easy to talk religion and politics everywhere I go is because it's slammed in your face right. everywhere you go. So I can be, you know, I can be up, um, you know, 2,000 miles away or 1,000 miles away from where I live meeting strangers sitting at a restaurant talking about politics and Jesus and it's completely normal because they have questions. Right. They are curious. They can't – they grew up um, in a very conservative world where um, things like we're seeing today were were jokes. Right. Like, oh, no, it will never get like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it is is is, now. And there's people who are confused. And the cool thing about being a follower and having some of these answers and and being able to articulate them with scripture and show how there's a, you know, there's a, what's the right way to say this? There's hearts that are um, seeking after this information. There's hearts that are seeking after this information and they can feel their heart. Mm-hmm. leaping and drawing for something right. more. I uh, I had a great conversation with a gentleman um, over this last week, and he was talking about how um, how he just had a longing for something more. And he's like, ah, I think I'm going to be a firefighter. And they're like, why? You're like, what? I don't know. It just seems like a good a good thing to do. Like I need to do something better and more important with my life. And so that opened an opportunity for me to, you know, quote Eldridge. I go, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's the same reason the matrix is famous. The same reason Lord (laughs) of the Rings is a great movie because you know, something's not right. right. Something, this world isn't right, huh? And he's like, that's a great way to say it. Yeah. This world isn't right. I said, yeah, because there's a battle going on. It's spiritual, man. That's mm. what you're experiencing. It like you're experiencing that spiritual warfare, and it feels like you have an important role that you should be playing. Correct? That's and he's like, and he starts like tearing up, and um, yeah, it's just really it, you have so many opportunities to do that now, when right. maybe twenty, thirty years ago 
you know, the boomers maybe didn't because things were cushy. Right. Things were good. It was booming. Right. No pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think I think we need to we need to raise stronger children. We need to raise stronger men uh, to to be godly and to uh, seek God in all that they do. And you know the the big deal the 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 big question is is what what's the future going to look like for our children? You know, I've got twelve year olds. What what is it going to look like in fifteen twenty years for them? China won't be here. Well, yeah, that's what. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what they're saying. Um, you know, will will they have a, a culture that they can live in? Will they have a culture that they can, you know, um, worship God in? Will it yeah. still be all of that? Uh, will there be a revival? You know, I pray pray to God that there's a revival in the United States that just takes over because. The further we get away from him, I think the more immorality and debauchery and uh, problems and sickness and death and all of that you're going to start seeing because yeah. the enemy will take over and he's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not coming to give us life like Jesus does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's the thing I, I guess I would probably end this podcast on is just that we've got to give people the hope um you know, I told my church the other day, you live forever. You're immortal. Um, you only have a short time on this earth, but you're immortal in essence. You're going to live a long, long time, and it's either in heaven or it's going to be in hell, uh, based on what my Bible says. And I would highly suggest that you get to know Jesus. Um, I shared the gospel a little earlier, and it's a simple gospel that is just that you believe in Jesus Christ, that he was born of a virgin birth, that he walked a sinless life, that he willingly died upon the cross, that he was buried, that he was dead, and he was resurrected three days later. He rose again, and he is coming back. And by faith, if you believe that, you will be saved. And then there's the process of sanctification. It's just learning to get to know God better today than I did yesterday. And as I grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, he's going to give me the wisdom and the courage and the boldness to be able to stand and speak the gospel truth and make disciples. And that's what we need to be doing more and more often. And more people need to hear that message. And it needs to come from everybody, not just me, um, not just Samuel, uh, but everybody. It should be um, all Christians' jobs to go out and share the gospel truth. And so um, as we close up tonight, I just want you guys to... To think of that, uh, how can we be more bold? Um, at the same time, loving, and um, you gotta love God, and you'll learn to love others. That if you'll do it in that direction first, love God, then love others. So, any last words for Goza? No, I mean I think that was uh, that was well said. Um, it is uh, it, we have a really cool opportunity. Mm-hmm. We have a really cool opportunity in front of us. I think the the nice thing is remembering that, you know, it's not all on us. Um, thank God. The yep. Holy Spirit takes care of all of it. Um, when you when you get to tell people, man, when you get to tell people about him, it's good for you. It's good for you to do. It strengthens you. Right. Um, it reaffirms you and your beliefs and um, and what that looks like. And it makes your walk stronger. That's why we get to. You know, Holy Ghost mm-hmm. don't need us. He don't need you for nothing. Um, but it's really, really good for you to help out. And when you do, man, you grow. Amen. You really, really grow. Amen. And so um, I'm pumped about this year. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, we've got I'm some big guests. In. I'm excited from some of our guests that are coming up at the at, for the rest of the year. We're booked through February. Really excited about that. Um, if you have a book, if you're a pastor, um, if you're uh, somebody that you think we need to talk to, uh, send us an email at info at manupgodsway.org. We'd love to talk with you, see if you're fit for our podcast. Uh, again, if you don't take, if you don't mind, just take an opportunity to share, uh, tonight's, uh, message with somebody. Uh, it will be on our Facebook feed once we close down tonight. And then tomorrow it will be on all podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, all kinds of good stuff. So make sure that you go and subscribe to it. Podomatic is the uh, platform that we use that you can go to and subscribe to, and you'll get a notification every time a new uh, podcast comes on. Speaking of new podcasts, starting next Thursday, we're going to do Theological Thursdays. Um, Pastor uh, Anthony Smith and myself are going to spend some time just diving deep into the Word and taking whether it's topics or uh, ideas or theologies or theories or themes or whatever, we're going to take them, break them down, and try to uh, spoon-feed you, so to speak, and let you sh- see what it means, how we to apply it, and maybe how you can use it in your life as well. So make sure you check that starting next Thursday. Really excited about that. So. Go download our app. Uh, it's on iTunes spot. Uh, it's on uh, iTunes and Google Play, and it's a great men's app. And we would love for you to uh, join that as well. And again, folks, thank you again for joining us, and we will see you guys next Monday night. God bless. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.